the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the uh, Friday edition of The Ride Home. We want to thank everybody who was part of our Bible League campaign these last several days. Thank you so much for your great kindness and your generosity always to ensure that God's Word goes out into the world. Uh, today, though, we're doing a full show, a, a show just between Kath and myself and New Mike. Welcome, guys. How are you today? Happy to be here, John. Yes, of it's course. It's a gorgeous day. It's a wonderful day. It's beautiful and sunny out and warm. Oh, no, wait. That's a dream I had. Oh. It's actually I was gonna say. dark, rainy, and cold. But that's all right. It doesn't matter because you know what? What? I think it's an appropriate time for me to tell you. Tell me what? Your weekend has begun. Woo! Friday night. Friday, 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 Friday night. Oh, yeah. Five <laughs> minutes past the four o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon. At least in this corner of the world, all is right and well. I mean, it's a perfect time to talk about a mail bomber suspect, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you want to hear some Neither details? rain nor sleet. All right. So I looked into this guy. Who? The bomber himself? This is the male bomber suspect. Okay. All you need to no, know it's is... No, it's not verified yet. It has a very nice haircut, by the way. <laughs> what? He, it's a little like it, mine. It's hideous. <laughs> it is hideous. He, he lives with his mom, and he has no furniture. <laughs> wow. That's, I got to be honest. That was not... Like a millennial. That was not in the articles I read. <laughs> he sounds, sounds like, like a millennial. <laughs> Touche, Mike, beating up on your home I can home say group. that because yeah, I, I am a middle Okay, this is, what, say it. this is what I know. He's 56 <laughs> years old. Yep. Okay, he lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. Bad haircut. Uh, this afternoon, and he has a bad haircut. Uh, he's been charged with five federal crimes at this point. Mm-hmm. Could be more. Uh, photos of what many claim to be his white van have surfaced on uh, the internet and on television uh, before officials put a tarp over it and transported it later for some, you know detailing so to speak (laughs) (laughs) now what i thought was great is that you know covering this vehicle Mm -hmm. uh are stickers about the president Mm -hmm. and about mike pence but also (laughs) a lot of stickers about soccer Uh uh-huh it's the best of both worlds just interesting to see those two connected anyway okay so uh, at least 13 suspicious packages have been recovered since monday right we know that they went Mm -hmm. to obama and biden they went to hillary clinton and bill clinton and bobby de niro robert de niro etc made the rounds okay so this man uh i'm not going to give his name because i refuse to uh you know give him that publicity however i will tell you that apparently he's a promoter and a booking agent for male stripper and burlesque shows (laughs) are you kidding me i am not Okay, so these bombs themselves, were they actual working bombs? Because if you're living with your mom, what kind of like fat bomb factory are you working out of? No, that's a good point. I mean, clearly they were not, there was something that was not uh, effective and no. efficient about them. However, the FBI did say today, look, these weren't just toys. Right, these weren't just toys. That he, that, that's why he's been charged with five Of course. Crimes. Well, yeah, you know, you're sending something like that to people across the country. Thankfully, yeah. we can all be incredibly grateful that he's a bad bomb maker. Yes. You right? Re- I mean, it's attempted murder. Sure it is. 
Um, okay, so he, as I said, can I get back to his like background? You didn't want to talk about the the his promoting and booking for male stripper and burlesque shows. Not particularly. Touring, no, not a touring really. dance troupe of the dance troupe of the Chippendales. Well, if you're living with your mom and you're 56, apparently business is not that good, mm-hmm. or you're not a good businessman. Now he was also uh, periodically a stripper himself, so he wasn't just promoting others. <laughs> And um, a, a friend of his, Ohio event promoter Tony Valentine, told the Washington Examiner, quote, Tony Valentine. He really couldn't find his niche in life. I guess he found it now. <laughs> he found it all right, yeah. Okay. Back in the 90s, he was running around from Minnesota to the Carolinas to Florida. He was like a gypsy. And also, according to the Miami Herald, he's an amateur bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Amateur. Mm-hmm. He's an amateur bomb maker as well. Yeah. He uh, attended many pro-Trump rallies where he often sported a red Make America Great Again hat and at times posed with Trump-Pence campaign signs. He's a registered Republican in Miami-Dade County, listed as an active voter according to Florida voting records. He also has a history of arrest for theft, illegal possession of steroids, and a 2002 charge of making a bomb threat. Mm. He was allegedly known already to law enforcement. How did he think he was not going to get caught? Because clearly this guy's unhinged. I don't know. I mean. Now, let me bring this up. How many people do you know who are disappointed it's this guy and not an inside Democratic operative? Oh, well, tons of people. Exactly. Because there were a lot of people that that were certain that that's what was going on. Yeah, yeah. You know why people were, were certain that that's what was going on? This is my read of that. Okay. Is that. People cannot acknowledge faults in their own camp. Speak into that more. Well, I think that a lot of Republicans or conservatives saw this story and were like, well, there's no possible way that a conservative would ever do this. There's no possible way a Trump supporter would ever do this. It has to be one of the other people because all the evil is in that camp. Yeah, but you're not factoring in mental illness. Now, clearly, this guy has to have something unhinged. Yeah, look at his haircut. Right. A few, <laughs> a few screws are a little loose Plus there. Plus the whole soccer thing. I mean, I'm sorry, but soccer is the most boring sport in the world. No, to no, watch. no. What are you it talking is. about? Look, I'm, I'm glad you all, all of you play no, soccer. No, 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 no. I know you love it. Good for you. I got to be honest. No, no. It is like the worst sport to watch. Well, I mean, my, my teenage kid watches it, so I'm forced to watch it sometimes with him. It's not that bad. It's not that good. It's not that bad. It really isn't. It I mean, goes it's, on it's like hockey with a lot more space. A lot of space <laughs> and a lot slower. Yeah, a little and bit. no like yeah. no sound of people smashing into boards. Yeah. Anyway, that's the, beside the point. So I'm glad they caught the guy. Hopefully, this is the only guy that's part of this whole thing. That this insanity is over. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't affect what people who are going to vote or not. But, of course, fingers are going to be pointed at each other. Look, you crazy Republican people are now bombing each, each other or trying to bomb us. Well, look, I mean, that's what, it, what's weird, though. No, I, you can't. How can you – you can't take that as a blanket you know, thing. Oh, that this is a the vitriol that is manufactured by President Trump that has now come home to roost in the hands of one of his supporters. That's what every Democrat Of course it say. is. But it's, I don't Democrat believe that. I just say. believe that – look – we all know that it's, it's ugly and mean and rough out there. Right. This is their perfect – I mean this is like a gift on a plate to Democrats. But this is mental illness. This is craziness. This is also politics and this is a gift on the plate 
to Democrats. Well, if your vote is swayed by this one way or another, well, you, it's a good. What, I mean, your... it's a good point you bring up because it was what a year and a half ago that Steve Scalise and the other Republicans were shot up at the baseball diamond, right? And the guy who did that was a Bernie Sanders supporter, and he also worked on his campaigns. I don't think anybody was picking on Bernie Sanders. I don't think so because it wasn't Bernie Sanders' idea that he shot up, no, you know, the all the Republicans. So uh, this is the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's actually not. I mean. It targeted – well, I don't even know if it targeted more people. I mean he wanted to – he was trying to kill every single to, Republican out there. Yeah. And they were Congress people. So they were also leaders of the party just like the people that, that this dude was targeting. So I think they're both you know, horrible, ex, horrible examples of where we are in America. But I don't think it's necessarily linked. I, do you see that as a link from, from you know, the coarsening of language to action? Well, yeah. I do believe that's true. Yeah. If you, if you watch – look, I got to be honest. I don't watch it. I don't. I choose to inject my political poison by reading it. Oh, yeah. Because that way watch, I, I mean, as opposed to watching it on cable TV. Right. That way I can step I know, away. But when, okay. But when when that shooter um, went after the Republicans who were playing baseball, yeah. did you at that point think to yourself, you know, this is a poisonous no, political No, I thought atmosphere? it was a crazy person. Okay. So then why is it any different now? It's not any different. There are crazy people everywhere. No, well, it's different. It is different. I don't think it is. Sure why it is. is it different? Because everything's heightened. Because the president's tweeting at midnight and 3 a.m. Well, the president was tweeting – a year and a half ago, the president was tweeting at midnight and 3 a.m. Well, I know, but – The uh, only difference is it's not close to an election. No, I just think the only difference is that it's – we are – the vitriol has reached such massive hysteria, exclamation point or over the cliff sort but of – But the result is the same. It is, except it is that, same. except that in the in that instance, Steve Scalise actually almost died. Where fortunately, in this instance, no one was injured. That's the difference. The difference is, I believe, that it's infected the nation so deeply. See, I don't look. I don't see any difference between these two incidents. I do. Yeah, I do. Why? The the level of rancor. Yeah, but that's that guy happening. went in with a with a with a machine gun. Yeah, I mean it's two it's two instances that have similar veins of of uh, of action connected to them. But the level of hatred that is being witnessed right now. It, Why is the level of hatred any different? He wanted to kill every Republican congressman who was on the baseball. Diamond. But that's just that's what I'm saying. It goes across the board. I mean, yeah, you want to shoot a congressman on a baseball field. You want to bomb uh, leaders in the House and anyone who's opposed to President Trump. But there's a different level of this and that the conversation goes deeper on Sunday morning or Saturday night. I think we've just we've reached a whole new threshold here is what I'm saying. I think it's the same. I don't think it is. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to ask Paul McNulty whether he thinks it's the same. Who's Paul McNulty? <laughs> Paul McNulty is the ninth president of Grove City College, and he's coming up next in the On Deck Circle, Community in a Climate of Incivility. That's next on the Friday edition of The Ride Home. WORD. Why are some people saved and others remain lost? How can we have free will and believe in the doctrine of election? And what does predestination mean anyway? Have you ever asked yourself these questions or had someone else, maybe an unbelieving friend, ask you for an explanation? Well, they're important questions, and we should know the answers. If you're able to tune in to Through the Bible Radio with Dr. J. Vernon McGee this week, you might just find some solid answers for yourself. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off, and you lie back. 
that end of day. Ah, that's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body soothing serenity made locally at the original mattress factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The original mattress factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. Originalmattress.com. Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. We've been in business since 2001. Greg Hybert, independent local owner of Sears Carpet and Air Duct Cleaning. We care about our customer satisfaction. We're actually a local company. It's a franchise owned, which is my family, the Hybert family. And just recently, we were rewarded third in the nation in customer service. If you have an issue, we want to hear about it. We want to know if something happened because we want to take care of it. We're going to get your home as clean as we can. Call 412-821-5200. Satisfaction guaranteed. 412-821-5200. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. You shield my head in the day of battle. Amen? Amen. Based on the true story of an army chaplain and his wife. I only stand before you today because Jesus is my rock. And because I have a family who loves and believes in me. One marriage, one family, under God. It made me uh, appreciate family more. The theme of redemption was just so powerful. If that couple can find hope, I think we all can. Indivisible, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now playing. For tickets and Showtimes go to indivisiblemovie.com. Civility. <laughs> it's one of those words that seems antiquated. It does. It, it seems like it does not apply. We live in a civil society. Paul McNulty is with us. He's a very civil man. Paul was the ninth president at Grove City College. Prior to returning to his alma mater, Paul McNulty spent over 30 years in the most uncivil of places, Washington, D.C., as an attorney in public service and in private practice. In 2005, the United States Senate unanimously confirmed Paul McNulty to the position of Deputy Attorney General, the second in command at the United States Department of Justice and the Chief Operating Officer of the of the department's 100,000 employees. Employees. Paul, my friend, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Thank you very much, John. It's always good to be with you. Good afternoon. Thank you. So, Paul, we find out there's a 56-year-old man who's been sending uh, bombs that don't work to high Democratic-ranked uh, members in our country, people that we all know, former presidents and um, party leaders. Uh, we also know we're only a week away from a midterm election. We've all lived through the Beck, Brett Kavanaugh uh, situation and watching it from afar. And I wonder if civility, like John said, is something that has passed or we've passed it by when it comes to our public discourse. I think we all believe that we have gotten to a point, a danger point in this, um, not just political season, but this this time period we're in um, that needs to be addressed. And, um, you know, there's a possibility that the events of this past week will be a bit of a wake-up call. We've had wake-up calls in the past. We didn't 
get the message. I think that shooting at the congressional baseball game practice should have been more of a, of a wake-up call than it turned out to be. Hopefully this one will remind people that um, there are a lot of dangerous people out there um, who could be affected by reckless words and um, behaviors or um, um, attitudes. And so um, we have to hope that, um, you know, we can make some progress. But it's pretty alarming right now. Yes. Now, Paul, there you are, the president of Grove City College. That is a true community of young men and women, and they are looking at the world, I'm sure, through a totally different lens than when you and I or Kathy were in college. And and for you yourself, having spent 30-plus years in Washington, D.C., and you as the man bridging the gap between those two places, between Grove City and Washington, D.C., You've seen civility and uncivility. Uh, can you go back to Washington, D.C. in those 30 years? You know, Kath and I were talking about you recently because we were talking about uh, Rod Rosenstein, who uh, held your position as U.S. Deputy Attorney General. Uh, all those years as U.S. Deputy Attorney General, was there anything like this? I mean, people used to get along. There was a one time that you know, Supreme Court nominees were voted in unanimously, but we were far, far from right. that. Right. And, John, I saw it changing. I mean, I did see a lot of more cooperative and more civility uh, when I was working there. But, of course, I worked there over a long span of time. And so there was a real difference between the 1980s when I started and when I left. And I left the department in 2007. And I could see within the last decade there um, things were changing. Uh, We were becoming more polarized. We were... um, um, more about our identity groups and how mm-hmm. they battled for their own stake in the game in D.C., rather than people coming, as our founders expected, uh, to serve a republic where they would come and they would use their experience and wisdom and so forth to be able to sort through difficult problems and reach appropriate compromises. The word compromise even sounds like a bad word today, yeah. but <laughs> it actually is you know, not a word that should bring or, or should conjure up bad ideas. It should be seen as a, a way to move forward and, and um, bring different perspectives together. But that's how, that's how far we've come, that um, um, even the notion of um, reaching agreement seems to be um, a, um, a, a cave-in or a, um, a um, retreat from one's convictions in, in the first place. Yes. So, Paul, when you left Washington, how long had you worked there? 31 years. All right. So when were you happy to leave? Well, yes and no. I mean, I certainly after 30 plus years, you form tremendous relationships. Um, my wife and I were part of a fantastic church and we had these important um, commitments in our lives. But we were happy to leave in that we knew we were going. We were going to a college that we thought was really upstream in culture and it would be investing ourselves in something that's very pertinent to what we're talking about now. But, um, um, and I was happy to leave and kind of along your line, the line of your question, Kathy, too, in the sense that I could see how this breakdown was occurring and it was becoming more and more difficult to be able to operate and uh, find fulfillment in the public service that way. Mm-hmm. That's so unfortunate. I mean, you know, you look at how many legislators there are who are just done. They're just fed up. And, you know, they could run again and they don't want to just simply because I bet, you know, at least from my perspective, I look at all of the rancor and I think that would be the most draining job on earth. 
Absolutely. And it depends on part on what job you're doing. So if you're in the executive branch, where I was at the Department of Justice, at least there you're executing and you're, you're directing um, the enforcement of law in that particular case, but you're executing the law, and so it has a little bit more of an opportunity to, to do good. But in the legislative branch, and I think that's where you see the discouragement in its clearest form, by definition, you come to deliberate and to try to persuade others of your views and engage in some kind of democratic process. Mm. And that's where I think people become extremely discouraged now because they realize, I'm just wasting my time here. This oh. No one wants to listen. No one wants to work together. It's really hard to um, um, you know, justify the amount of time and energy this takes um, in my life. Right. So, uh, as we talk, Paul, you, Kath and I, you, you, we're all believers in Jesus Christ. And, and I wonder, of course, you know, in Christian community, that is not a, a perfect model of civility either. We all bring our own brokenness and our own craziness to that model as well. But but there is a difference. Mm-hmm. When you disagree with people of, of Christian faith, the hope is that as brothers and sisters in Christ, you try to find a common ground in a way that is not going to rip people's lives apart or tear people down just to get a victory. And so I, I wonder, you know, as a U.S. Deputy Attorney General and now as president at Grove City College, how that works in your own life to be – to be that bridge, to be that inclusive peacemaker, and to have Christ in the middle of all that. I mean, that's still that's still a goal today. Yeah, that's still supposed to be our calling as believers, no matter what our job or sphere is. Absolutely. Well, what I tried to do, by God's grace, was to live with self-control. And the word we use in the scriptures is meekness. It's not a word that's very well understood. We just had Scott Swain, the uh, uh, president of... Uh, Reformed Theological Seminary of Orlando up on campus uh, last week, and he talked about meekness. And, and his point was that this is an attribute that is underappreciated, and it really has to do with this characteristic that Christ had of having self-control. It means that your emotions don't reign over you, but you have a, an ethical framework with which you um, control your emotions, and you then are more intentional as to how you communicate and deal with other people. So... When I came, thanks to Grove City, to where I went to school, when I came to Washington at the start of my career, I had as a bedrock principle that I was supposed to not just hold positions that were consistent with a kind of a biblical uh, view of the world, but also to act in a way that was consistent with a biblical view of character. And that was primarily an intentional, purposeful way of communicating, treating other people with dignity and respect. And I saw in the course of my time in Washington that that actually worked Mm -hmm. and usually got a very good response from people because it wasn't as common. Civility is a kind of general grace of meekness. Meekness you might think of as the special grace. It's the the Christian virtue. Civility is sort of its common grace counterpart, something that we hope was just kind of infused. But as God works in our lives to transform us into who he wants us to be, we should grow in our meekness so that we are able to um, um, conduct ourselves in a way that um, demonstrates the love, the graciousness, and so forth that um, we're called to as Christians. Amen. How about, Paul, 
an element that I also think is really missing from how we in America tend to think right now. And that is the idea that we don't understand everything. I think, especially when it comes to politics, boy, we go into issues like all guns blazing. And, you know, we're so certain that we have the right perspective and we're so certain that our data is from the right place and our facts are right, quote unquote, and your facts quote-unquote, are wrong. And there's just such an incredibly unhealthy level of certainty about things that we really shouldn't be that certain about. Yeah, a lack of humility. And that is a nice um, sort of segue back to higher education because when I look at what our mission here is at Grove City College and, and what the mission of colleges and universities should be, it's not to create these sort of identity-based um, um, uh, groups that are um, fighting for social justice as though that's what the learning process is all about, but rather it's um, coming together and recognizing that truth exists and we have to humble ourselves to understand what is absolute and what has been existing um, across the the, uh, the centuries of, of understanding. And, and um, Unfortunately, colleges and universities have lost sight of that mission, and it's going to affect our culture continuously as students graduate, um, having missed that point as a part of their whole educational experience. They've been encouraged more and more to think in terms of these kind of identity-based battles that go on and uh, that that's what it's all about. I want to put a plug in for my friend Ben Sass, a senator from Nevada, who just recently wrote a book called Them where he looks at all of this and does a fantastic job of trying to point out um, how we got to where we are and um, some ways forward that might uh, rescue us. Yeah. So Ben Sass just recently wrote a new book, Them, right? And it's based upon what you're, exactly what you're talking about, about community and uh, mm-hmm. the two divides. Yeah, his, his subtitle is Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal. Yes. And um, uh, he talks about actually higher education in this book because he was a college president to a Hope to get him to Grove City one of these days, and uh, maybe we can have him on the show at the same time. Love to. Yeah, we'd love to do that. I'll tell you, he's one of the voices that I feel like we need to hear. And, uh, you know, he's come under such fire on from both sides, from conservatives and from liberals, which probably means he's exactly where he's supposed to be. But, uh, you know, but no, I, I think that there's I think there's merit in that simply because yeah, sure. I think he's trying to say what he thinks is the right thing without without saying the thing that's most politic. And and I, and that politic thing, that's what's that's what's tripping us all. up. But he can do that because he's stepping right. away. So he's not well, he's one in of those votes. people that said, you know, so I'm can, so sick of this place. I got to get right, out. So he can tell the truth without impunity. Yeah, I've known him for a long time, and I can tell you, it, his motivations, whether you agree or disagree, his motivations are based upon a Christ-centered character of his own. And so he's really trying to think these things through. And, you know, um, and God bless him for caring enough about it to actually, you know, yep. write a whole book about it and, and uh, take some risk politically for yeah. it. I don't think he, he cares too much about the political risks. I think he really just wants to see um, some... Um, healing going on uh, in the midst of it all. Right. And that healing begins with a recognition of the the wretchedness of where we are right now. And of course, would it be so that our country would look to Jesus and that true yes. model of healing? You know, Paul, I, I've said this many times in the past, but you know, the the, the first in, uh, time that I took my son up to Grove City College uh, as he was looking for a place to go to uh, for his freshman year, 
uh, we got we got home and he was like, I'm going to go there. And I was like, wait a second. Well, what do you mean you're going to go there? That's the only place we've been to. He said, no, the way that I was treated up there and all those other people that, you know, looked at me and there was that sense of community. I want four years of that. Yeah. So whatever's going on at Grove City, I mean, Kath and I are not shy talking about this. It's happening there at the college. So we appreciate you and that stewardship well, and everybody so there. That. I really appreciate that encouragement. We are really committed to this idea of building community. And, and community is not the same thing, you know, as, as collectivism. It's not like the individual doesn't matter. No, it's just the opposite. It's community really is about recognizing the worth of everyone in the community so that we support each other, we, we can cheer each other on. I mean, I push the sports around here not because I want to have success on the sports field so much as I just want us to be a strong community of encouragement to each other, and that's one way that um, that can happen. And there are many other ways that that can occur. But it's building community here means that there'll be stronger communities wherever the students go. And if every school looked at it that way, it could be a big help to um, the problem we're facing. I'll vouch for you on that, Paul. I remember last year running into you at Longernecker Pool in the middle of a swim meet. <laughs> it's deafening uh, when you hear all those parents screaming up there. So it is I, that, Now, listen, I wasn't that time. loud. Now, Paul, I wasn't. <laughs> Anyways, Paul McNulty, ninth president of Grove City College. All the information about Paul, find us now on our website, johnandkathyshow.com. Very nice. Thank you, Paul. Take a quick break. Come back. we got lots more ahead. We're going to talk about Christian ethics and during our 5 o'clock hour from the Heinz History Center, the myths and mysteries of the city of Pittsburgh. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. This is Mike Howard for Word FM, here to tell you about an awesome opportunity to attend Teal College in nearby Greenville, Pennsylvania, for an extremely discounted investment without discounting the educational experience. More on that in a moment. Teal College was founded in 1866 as a co-educational institution in western Pennsylvania. Teal is an independent liberal arts college rooted in the Lutheran tradition, offering distinctive programs in the arts and humanities, social and natural sciences, and professional studies, together with engaging co-curricular and athletic opportunities. Teal College provides an accessible and inclusive learning environment that emphasizes service to society. Teal's residential campus offers a safe and supportive setting in which to grow and learn. Word FM is pleased to offer a tuition voucher to a brand new student at Teal College at half price. Yes, half price. That is almost $15,000 in savings. Call me today, Mike Howard, to find out more. 412-937-1500. That's 412-937-1500. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. 
plus lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Let's get to work with E-Verify, the modernized employment eligibility verification partner that can maximize your potential. They're helping employers throughout the hiring process so they can focus on other business. Get started at eVerify.gov slash go. We'll have rain much of the time for tonight, a low down to 41. It will be a chilly day for tomorrow with rain much of the time in the morning. That rain's going to taper off, though, in the afternoon. But highs only getting into the mid to upper 40s tomorrow, so not much improvement in the temperature department. Dropping to near 40 tomorrow night with clouds at a shower or two. And then for Sunday, remaining cloudy and chilly with a couple of showers and a high of 49. I'm Acura with the Meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. Oh my gosh, it's either it's either the uh, 1970s Steeler trips to the Super Bowl or it's every single wedding in my family growing up. The polls. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? That's my dad in the basement all happy and goofy playing the organ. Your dad? Yeah, well my, we had an organ in the basement. And my dad knew one song, and it was that song, the Beer Barrel Polka. And <laughs> really? you, occasionally, you know, you'd hear him down in the basement, and that organ would just be going crazy. He would like play it like he played that one song really well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a lifetime commitment to a yeah, song. It was. And so we, everybody was like, oh, dad's in the basement playing Beer Barrel Polka. Yay. I like it. Mike, look up the uh, Super Bowl version of that, the Steeler version of that. There is. See if you can find it. There's a, there's a Steeler Super Bowl version of that? Oh, yeah, sure. I, know. Yeah, I was like, what are you saying? Oh, right. You right. don't know. Is that course. Frankie? Uh... I don't know. who. I don't remember who did it. That was the Italian mob. What? The Italian, Franco's uh, Italian Army? Yeah, Franco's Italian Army. That was I don't think song. they're the ones that recorded it. What? I forget who recorded Why it. Why are we playing that song anyway? Well, because you're talking about Price is Right. Oh, right. Oh, here we go. There it is. Of course, yes. I mean, I could sing this like I heard it yesterday. Oh, those are good times. Chuck Mall and all his friends are all on the beam. All on the beam. I always like that line. That's good. And Rocky and Franco and Lynn. What year was that? 76? Maybe maybe 79. I don't remember. Those Steelers won their first Bowl in 75. Right? So it was a 75? I feel like it was 72. Well, that's early. Maybe it was. I don't remember. I was very young at the time. I remember the 79 one. And 80. It was 79 and 80, yep. right? It was the Rams mm, yep, yep. and the uh, Vikings, I think, at the end. So we're talking about this. Um, there's a guy. His name is uh, Eric M- Matava. And uh, he was on The Price is Right. The episode aired on Thursday. Instant, instant Yinzer credibility. He uh, made it to the game show studio about a month ago, made it on stage while wearing a shirt that was made by his wife. It was a gold shirt with black lettering, the black and gold, and it said on the shirt, how much yins want for at? <laughs> yep. And uh, he was on DVE this morning. How much yins want for at? Yeah, how much you want? 
Apparently, uh, Drew Carey, who is the noted Clevelander, recognized the Pittsburgh East. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, man, I love the shirt. And somehow he made his way um, into the slot. He didn't make a, didn't win a whole lot. but he got Did it. he win anything? Well, you either win every... Well, you... Yeah. I mean, you can go up and like win like a parting gift of like a toaster. Yeah, he said he didn't win. He said uh, he wasn't a big winner on the show. He lost his game in part because he couldn't see his wife in the audience as she urged him to pick a lower price and his spins at the big wheel left him a nickel over the limit. He did, however, yeah. come away with a set of kitchen knives. Mm-hmm. Kinzu. Uh-huh. That's all I got. All He's right. Static about the positive feedback. The price is right. Maybe he can sell that shirt for something. Of all the game shows, that's my favorite show. Is it? Uh, that's a fun show. And I just like Drew Carey. Okay, i got to be honest. I think out of all the game shows, it's my least favorite. Oh, wh- why is that? Yeah, you know why? I, 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 I like it. I'm, I'm not good at any sing- Like, There's not one game there I'm any good at. I'm bad at everything. Really? Everything. I can't pick the price of anything. I mean, I rarely. How often do you watch The Price is Right? Well, no, I haven't watched right. it in a really long time. How about Let's Make a Deal? Don't you like that? With, I don't uh, really remember that show. Oh, oh I, I like, love that show. I've seen it with, with Wayne, Wayne Brady. With yeah. Wayne Brady. Uh, first of all. Monty Hall? I love him. I love Wayne He's Brady. Oh, I always thought Monty Hall was like a long lost uncle. I was hoping that he would be. Is that right? But he never was, of course. I loved the um, $20,000 Pyramid. Oh, that's a great show Who as well. Who hosted that? Guy with black hair. Several people hosted the $20,000 period over the years. Yeah, Dick I, Clark did at one point. Did he? Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. I really liked that. That was mm-hmm. my favorite game show. I mean, there's always Jeopardy. Jeopardy's I haven't seen best. that in years. We either. were watching Jeopardy last night. How'd you do? Not too good. Yeah, and there was a point, I remember, I was pretty on top of Jeopardy. I remember watching it with my mom, and she was like, you should be on Jeopardy. And I was like, yeah, I should be. But now, you know, decades later, mm-hmm. I'm lucky I can remember my name half the time, let alone, and you know, some obscure And that's never going to be one of trivia. the questions. No, it's not. What is your name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's never going to be. All right. I mean, I could also go for some match game. That's a really stupid show. Match game. That's a really dumb show. How's the game show network doing, I wonder? Is there a game show network? Yes, there is. I never even knew there was one. There is. I'm so happy. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. Never, ever. It's time now for The Price is Right. One hundred one point five W O R D. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. What is better, just a shallow, superficial faith that never asks a question, or a growing, deepening faith that is strengthened even when we have unanswered questions and situations that seemingly are unresolvable? Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two MyPillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207 or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. Hi, 
I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. My daughter was really sensitive. She took everything personally. She had a lot of trouble in school. He had some impulsivity issues that I was concerned about. He was having a lot of meltdowns, a lot of tantrums. What Brain Balance did was give us a very distinct game plan. This is what he has. We're going to get from point A to point B, and this is how we're going to do it. We started seeing huge differences in her behavior. His focus in class and how he retains the information that the teacher is talking about is just remarkable. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. There is our life before Brain Balance, and there's our life after Brain Balance, and the two don't even resemble each other. It's a totally different Life. Attend Brain Balance Center's Parent Discovery Night Thursday, November 1st from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Toward the center, meet their caring staff and learn firsthand from enrolled parents about the brain balance difference. Call to reserve your seat today at 724-443-6287 or visit brainbalance.com for more information. With the new year in sight, the team at Calusi is in the midst of their year-end sales event. Hi, this is Tun Chilkin from my friends at Calusi Chevrolet. This month, current GM leases can save over $11,300 on a $2,000 2018 Silverado All-Star Pickup when financed through GM Financial. Also, save big on remaining 2018 models such as Equinox, Trax, and Malibu. Calusi Chevrolet has been serving Pittsburgh since 1918. They're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. We were just talking with Paul McNulty, the president of Grove City College, about community, true community. And this conversation, our next one, in some ways dovetails to this. Uh, What are Christian ethics? Christian ethics. Our guest is Wayne Grudem. Uh, Wayne is a research professor of theology and biblical studies at Phoenix Seminary, a brand new book out that is called Christian Ethics, an introduction to biblical moral reasoning. Uh, Wayne, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? Thank you, John. Wayne, it seems as if looking at the American landscape, we are in an ethical crisis as it is. Um, we have sides that have bifurcated. Um, th- as each day happens, it seems like the poles politically move more and more and further and further apart. Um, while at the same time, we seem to have individuals who have no uh, ability to acknowledge when they are wrong or when their side is wrong or when their camp is wrong. Um, and so it seems as if we have what I'm seeing as a public ethical crisis. Do you see it that way? I think people have a lot of confusion, Kathy, because we've had a whole generation of students taught in schools and taught in colleges that there isn't any absolute right and wrong in terms of moral standards. Mm-hmm. The Bible is very clear about uh, protecting human life, protecting marriage, protecting truthfulness in speech, and protecting ownership of property, which is a uniquely human characteristic that God created created us to have. Those things are covered in the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother protects the family, protects human authority generally. And so I, I've written this book, Christian Ethics, to talk about those broad categories of 
human behavior and say, the Bible is clear on so many ethical teachings, we just need to open it up and pay attention to it, and it's, mm-hmm. it's good for us, it's best for us, because these are the directions that come from our Creator. So, Wayne, are you saying then that you believe that the crisis that we're seeing um, that I, I described in the public sphere, you think can be traced back, you know, a generation or two um, to the uh, to the academy and, and students going through between the ages of 18 and 22, you know, starting out in college as a freshman and thinking that there are, you know, standards in the world and then ending up four years later thinking that it's all relative? It happened to, I watched it happen to my generation. I was a freshman at Harvard in 1970. The first book we were assigned to read at freshman orientation was Situation Ethics by Joseph Fletcher, arguing that there are times when, in order to do the most good for the most people, you have to lie, you have to even murder or commit adultery or steal. And it was just a blatant, forthright attempt at breaking down people's instinctive moral standards of right and wrong. And we have thousands, millions of people who have adopted that. And uh, if you don't have any absolute standards of right and wrong, then uh, society really becomes uh, very confusing and sometimes even violent. Right. So then, when how do you, how does this work? I mean, barring uh, a, a complete and total reformation where the country falls on its knees and comes to Jesus which uh, it could happen, you never know, right? I mean, miracles do happen. But (laughs) Christian ethics, right? When you say Christian ethics, you're excluding a large percentage of the population, even though there is great truth and eternal wisdom in all these ethics. So how is this to be taught and even spoken about when Christians, we ourselves, whether you know we've given ourselves a black eye or society or whatever it's well-deserved or not, you still need to talk and preach and teach these things. They're so vitally important to society, to the vitality of a society. Well, yes, and to the progress of the gospel in changing people's hearts. Um, Jesus came to give us forgiveness from sins, but people have to repent from their sins in order to ask forgiveness. But how can they repent from sins if the Church is not proclaiming what sin is? And uh, I take my example from the Apostle Paul in Acts 17, when he spoke to pagan Greek philosophers. He said, the time of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And he is, of course, referring to uh, Jesus Christ, who will judge the world the whole world, not just Christians, but everyone, on the basis of the moral standards that come from our Creator. God has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. And when Paul uh, was on trial before uh, uh, the uh, Roman uh, governor, he reasoned with him about righteousness and self-control and coming judgment. Um, I think we need to recover that sense of urgency of proclaiming that people are accountable to the moral standards of God as revealed in his word. We're talking to Wayne Grudem. His brand new book is called Christian Ethics, an Introduction to Biblical Moral Reasoning. Uh, Wayne, talk about how the book is arranged, the content of it. You've broken it up into seven sections, the first being the introduction, of course, but part two is protecting God's honor, three is protecting human authority, then protecting human life, protecting marriage, protecting property, and protecting purity of heart. Talk to us about the word protecting. Well, God has established some principles that are ultimately based on his character. He wants us to tell the truth and not lie, because he is a God who cannot lie. He's a God of truthfulness. He wants us to be faithful in our marriages and not commit adultery, because he is a God who is faithful to his commitments. 
He wants us to uh, not to murder, but to respect human life, because he's the creator and sustainer of life. And while Satan is a murderer from the beginning, and so uh, we te- we trace moral standards back to the character of God, the ultimate moral character of God. Now, in the book, I've taken these broad categories of life and marriage and human authority and property, and uh, put a whole lot of <clears throat> topics in each topics in each category. So uh, I have 42 chapters, which are really like 42 small books. Uh, there's a chapter on business ethics. Well, that comes under the protection of property. There's a chapter on the environment. That comes under stewardship of property. There's a, a chapter on homosexuality. That comes under protection of marriage. So does divorce and pornography and birth control issues. And under protection of life, I deal with issues like capital punishment and self-defense and abortion and euthanasia uh, and health issues as well, because it's related to life, such as alcohol and drugs. I, I, I don't know if that helps, Kathy, gives an idea, no, it does. An idea of the, yeah, what it, the book Yeah, covers. it does, and I appreciate the fact that you, you use that word protect, because, I mean, it elevates the, the human person and the, the, um, the mandate that God's given us to protect well, the things that God has told us that we need to, that we need to nurture. Well, good. I think you've, you've seen something there, Kathy. That is, these are good gifts from God. Um, human authority, starting with the authority of parents over their children, and then human life is a gift from God, and marriage is a gift from God, and the ownership and stewardship of property is a gift from God, and truthfulness is a gift from Him, and so we need to honor and treasure these things. Yes. Well, Wayne, uh, the work is I a, mean, a I, massive, seminal work. Clearly, it, it really it's... Is. One of the pieces of your life's work, I mean, the beauty of it, I mean, it's really just incredible, the work you've done. Well, God gave me a desire. It's the first class I ever taught uh, when I was still in doctoral work. I taught a course to some students in Christian ethics and uh, enjoyed it. I was planning to be a pastor, but went on to get a Ph.D. in uh, New Testament and um, found that I enjoyed teaching theology and ethics. So I've been at it for 41 years, and this uh, this book is... Uh, the kind of the accumulation of the various things I've taught for the last 41 years in the college and seminary classes. Well, but I think it's it's aimed at lay, intelligent, you know, thinking lay people, not just students. Yeah, yeah. So, this is not, you know, if, if listeners are looking up the book and they're thinking, oh my gosh, it's you know, fifteen hundred pages or you know, something like that. There's no way I could. But it's not written that way. It's not written in a way that's only suited for full time students. This is a book that's easily accessible to any layperson. Yes. Yeah, I, just, I gave one to a neighbor the other day, and I said, and he looked at it, 1,296 pages exactly. <laughs> and I said, look, it's 42 little books. You can read them in any order you That's want. Good. If you just want to read the one on business ethics, go ahead and read that first. Very nice. Well, Wayne, thanks an awful lot. We love the work. Congratulations to you on a job very well done. Wayne Grudem, the brand new work is called Christian Ethics, an introduction to biblical moral reasoning. Wayne Grudem. Hey, I'm Brant. So there's this guy named Jordan. He's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. And he goes to the doctor, true story, he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer stage four. 
And here's the thing. He had switched earlier from medical insurance to MediShare, where Christians share each other's medical bills. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this actually going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. So if you want to find out more, here is a number for you. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-B-I-B-L-E. It's all for the sake of the gospel. Hi, it's Mike with Bible League International. Jaime is an itinerant pastor in Peru in Latin America. This man will travel days by foot, boat, and mule, all for the sake of the gospel. He's been beaten, robbed of everything he had, and he's fallen a hundred feet down the Andes Mountains, all for the sake of the gospel. What awaits him? Well, it's a thriving evangelical church of 200 ancient Quechua-speaking Christians, and one of the servant leaders is a former drug cartel member who is what? Now taking care of widows and children. And when I share Jaime's story and all that he's doing for the sake of the gospel, I think of God asking in Isaiah 6, 8, Whom shall I send? Who will go? And I think this man is answering that call very admirably. And he's not asking for an end to his troubles. He's praying for Bibles for these Christians who can't access God's Word. $5 sends a Bible. We have a goal of 7,000 Bibles. You can call 844-YES-WORD. 844-YES-WORD. Or give it wordfm.com today. With the new year in sight, the team at Calusi is in the midst of their year-end sales event. Hi, this is Tun Chilkin from my friends at Calusi Chevrolet. This month, current GM leases can save over $11,300 on a 2018 Silverado All-Star Pickup when financed through GM Financial. Also, save big on remaining 2018 models such as Equinox, Trax, and Malibu. Calusi Chevrolet has been serving Pittsburgh since 1918. They're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. What are we dropping everything? All of a sudden. It's like I'm... Excuse me. That was the first one was me. All right, a little bit of irony. Irony? Uh, Irony. It's always uh, appreciated. Reported by Fox News today about New York City. Um... There is a coffee shop in New York, uh, Smith Can- Smith Canteen. Mm-hmm. I do not know it. Uh, you don't? I no. can't believe that. No. <laughs> wonder how many coffee shops there are in New York. I do not know. Anyway, they put a sandwich board out, a little chalkboard you know, thing out in front of their coffee shop uh, last week saying, we've kept 2,057 cups out of the landfill in 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay, Because they have been on the forefront, they say, of encouraging people to bring your own cup. So you don't need to use a cup what, there and then bring throw your it own away. Cup. You walk around now with your own. Now you bring your own cup and your own straw. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, though, wouldn't you rather drink coffee out of your own thing than out of a 
a paper cup from wherever? Without a doubt, Of yeah. course. So they're saying, so they're saying, we sold, you know, 2,057 cups of coffee this year to people in their own cup. And so mm. we did, we kept those things out of the landfill. So, so rah, rah, rah for caring about, you know, health and sanitation. In yeah, New York. that's good stuff. Except when, this is just funny, when they put the sandwich board in front of their coffee shop, they did not measure how far away from their coffee shop it was. And apparently it's beyond the limit of where shop owners can advertise or put a message out to uh, to potential customers. Oh, so you're blocking the sidewalk. They were blocking the sidewalk. And so sadly, they were fined $300 by the New York Department of Sanitation. Oh, my goodness gracious. The group that should have said, hey, good job on the cups said, you know what, we're fining you $300 <laughs> because your sandwich board is in the wrong spot. Now, I'm happy to say, after a public outcry, the New York Sanitation Department withdrew its fine just today, according to the Daily News, Okay, Okay. saying we've investigated the incident and determined that we withdrew the action because they were really closer than we thought they were. Hooray for common sense. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Federal authorities are charging a suspect in the mailing of package bombs to prominent Democrats and others. We have arrested Cesar Sayoc. FBI Chief Chris Ray says a fingerprint helped them identify Sayoc, a 56-year-old Florida man with a long criminal history. Ray says it was found on one of 13 pipe bombs mailed nationwide, containing materials that could react and explode, though none did. These are not hoax devices. Ray says more could be out there. Attorney General Jeff Sessions says Sayoc faces five federal counts. Sagar Magani at the White House. Another rough day on Wall Street as the Dow was down by 296 points to 24,688. The Nasdaq dropped 151. The S&P lower by 47. Oil up 26 cents to 67.59 a barrel on the New York Mercantile Exchange. This is SRN News. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Imagine yourself in the graduate degree program you've always wanted. Curriculum that advances your career and enriches your personal life. Practical lessons from accomplished professors, face-to-face engagement with classmates, and from a Christian perspective. That's Geneva College. Flexible graduate programs that complement your busy life. If you want to advance to the next level in counseling, cybersecurity, hiring, education or business administration you
your Geneva College master's degree can help you get there. Come to Geneva's Classroom Graduate Programs Open House event on Monday, November 5th in Beaver Falls between 5 and 7 p.m. Hear from faculty about in-demand classroom-based graduate programs. Whether you have an interest in an MBA or master's in higher education, cybersecurity, or counseling, this event will help you take the next step in your career. A light buffet will be served. To register for the Geneva Graduate Programs Open House, go to geneva.edu slash gradopenhouse, all one word. That's geneva.edu slash gradopenhouse. Five years ago, a National Barna Omni poll discovered that 77% of evangelicals believe we're now living in the end times as described by the Bible. But how can we really know? Don't miss the most comprehensive, in-depth, prophetic end-time seminar anywhere. You'll be amazed at how much information God's Word provides. This all-day end-time seminar is Saturday, November 10th at Christ Church at Grove Farm. To learn more, go to endtimeseminar.com. That's endtimeseminar.com. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. Well, rain much of the time for tonight, a low down to 41. It will be a chilly day for tomorrow with rain much of the time in the morning. That rain's going to taper off, though, in the afternoon. But highs only getting into the mid to upper 40s tomorrow, so not much improvement in the temperature department. Dropping to near 40 tomorrow night with clouds at a shower or two. And then for Sunday, remaining cloudy and chilly with a couple of showers and a high of 49. I'm Acura with the Meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. I, I want to stick around for this 5 o'clock hour because Andy Masick is with us. Andy's the, uh, the CEO of the Senator John Hines History Center in the Strip. Highly recommended. Andy's also one of our favorite guests. He's going to talk about the myths and the mysteries of the city of Pittsburgh. I can't believe there are any myths or mysteries in the city of Pittsburgh, John, because it's so straightforward here. I've always thought Pittsburgh was so straightforward. There are so many weird, funny, interesting, hidden things. We were just driving around with um, Michael Medved earlier in the week. Yeah, yeah. Who's a uh, nationally syndicated talk show host, one of our favorites. Am I speaking too much for you? Not in the least. Isn't he one of our favorites? He is. We had a great conversation. Wonderful man. We told him so. And (laughs) as we were driving, he said... How do you know where you're going? There aren't any street signs. <laughs> and I said, you know, good point. Yeah. How do I know where I'm going? And we we're actually in a pretty nice part of town. It as wasn't well. too bad. And you think, well, boy, there are a lot of places in the middle of the city of Pittsburgh no, you can't find a street places, sign. What the heck? What is the problem? How is that? I don't understand why we can't just get a street sign on every street. They made an, a small effort, I believe, but. Mm-hmm. Le- yeah. Okay, let me tell you this. Uh, there's a portion of Route 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, Around in the Perrysville section of town, okay, which is like in the North Hills, yeah. going between what would be Westview and McCandless, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> there is a sign there. I love these random signs in Pittsburgh that I'm telling you has been there since before I was born, and it says, "Airport, straight ahead." <laughs> See, that's not helpful. Now I I can't tell you how like 
thinking straight ahead is the airport yeah. there. I mean, that like that's not close no. to what you'd have to do to get to the airport from that intersection. Well, from that's that the sign. intersection if you're from the North Hills. Right before Three Degree Road and, and Perrysville Avenue, Route 19, there is a sign that says airport straight ahead. Straight ahead. So if you were from out of town, you think, oh, it might be just, you know, might just be up half the street. a mile down there. Except that you go straight ahead for one light, take a left, and then you, it's another like 30 miles. I mean, uh-huh. what in the anyway? It just makes me laugh. But the greatest part of that story is that no one has taken it down. No, because it would require some, you know, forethought. And how can that still uh, be there? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, hey, um, but wait, no, 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 no. I need to tell you something. What? Your weekend's begun, John. Hey, that's right. It's Great. seven minutes past Friday, the five Friday, o'clock hour. Friday, 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 oh Friday, Friday, yes, it is. Friday. At least in this corner of the world, uh, all is right and well on a Friday afternoon. Fabulous. I got my costume. Uh, you going to a ball? No, it's Halloween next week. I got my costume. Oh, I'm all yeah, excited about it. You I, do I get already told up, you. Don't you. I already told you. You get dressed up. Well, what, yeah. are you, what are you, you going to be? I'm not telling. It's a secret, you guys. See, I haven't dressed up for Halloween. Uh, Last year, in a while. you were uh, Katarina Luther, First Lady of the Reformation. I, w- I, I that was playing catch up. <laughs> that was the single scariest Halloween costume I ever saw. That was. That was pretty. That was a good costume. Should Thank I you. post a picture of it? I think I should post a photo of it. Okay, fine. You should repost it. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, wait. Mike just posted something about me. Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah. Now, that's an interesting thing. It's not related to Halloween, but I will accept the segue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was in my office um, texting. And, you know, uh, I don't know if there's any – I guess there is some sort of weird bias or it's an age thing or whatever. I, I'm a one-finger texter. Oh, it's definitely an age thing. Okay, now you're a one-finger texter, and yeah. what finger do you use? My uh, index, finger index finger. On your right hand. Yes. But here's the glint. Here's mm-hmm. the here's the clincher. You're left-handed. Right. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Okay, so you're using the index finger on your right hand, but you're left-handed. Yeah. So as you might imagine, I, I don't text super quick. <laughs> Did you ever think about trying to change that? No, because it just feels right to me. Well, look, someone's calling me from Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, so Don't you hate those phone calls? I really do. Maybe they're trying to call and say, what are you doing? Why are you typing that way? Who's calling me from Omaha? All right, Omaha? so if you find us on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, Mike's posted a video of John texting, uh, texting on his phone. And do me one favor. Please do not comment on my physical appearance, okay? I'm trying my best, people. I mean, John's getting sensitive I'm about trying that. my best. People are like, what, when did we text a, or we posted a photo just a couple of days ago? On fr- uh, Monday. People beat me up. Hey, John Hall's fashion rules. People beat me up. I mean, saying, "Hey, you know, you better step oh. it up, Kathy's boy." You know what? This isn't about your fashion. It's it it's it's a video to see if people use two thumbs or one finger when they're typing. Right. No, wait. So, do you use two thumbs? Okay. Kath? So, I use two thumbs when I type on my phone. Yeah. But here's the thing. Now, this is weird. If I'm doing anything that is number related, yeah. like if I'm either dialing the phone, if I'm not using Siri, or if there's something where you know I'm f- filling out one of those endless forms online yeah. where i have to put in my phone number and my zip right, code right. and my whatever i use one finger for that yeah just to be extra careful and now here's right. what's weird i use the middle finger on my right hand now right. why is that why did i pick my, the middle finger at least i'm right handed anybody do that isn't that strange what do you do the, mike what i use two thumbs and i have this stylus pen here to to text and you know i never use it I never use a stylus pen. So you only use your thumbs? I only use my thumbs. Is, is there any instance whatsoever where you would use one finger for anything on a... Uh, absolutely not. Okay. Interesting. What, so thumbs. what have people said on our Unless, Facebook page? Um, let's see here. 
Everyone's using one th- one finger. Really? Yeah. See now, I didn't. I don't see very many people using this, one finger. This woman says she uses a stylus. Okay. This gentleman says he uses one finger. Okay. This female says she uses one finger. Well, what? Um, what's the difference if for people who use two thumbs and for those who use one finger? Is there like a clear de- delineation in age and experience? Yes. I mean, those you think you think what, it's age. What I've noticed, and, and I'm not like a John Hall person, where I'm sitting at the mall and just watching people watching because like, that's creepy. <laughs> I think we can all agree on it that. It is not creepy. <laughs> no, it's called. It. It's one of the great joys of life, but, you guys. But what I've noticed talking about. But what I've noticed, you know, millennials use their two thumbs to text, to text or type on their phone. Interesting. Okay, but I'm not a millennial, and I do that. Really. So I don't know why that is, but but here's the thing, I am like if I'm if I'm typing something and I keep making the same mistake, which happens often. You know, I'll go to type my address and I type it type it wrong every time. I, to to correct it, yeah. I will always use one finger. I've noticed that too. Huh. Like I'll, I I mistype sadly the word Christianity every single time. I don't know why something about my the connection between my brain and hands. I cannot whether I'm typing on a computer or on my phone. I cannot type the word what are you Christianity. Typing? What are you typing with screwing. I, I get the I's and the A's confused, and it always comes out wrong hmm. every single time. So when I go back to fix it, I always have to pull out the middle finger on my right hand to put it in very specifically. <laughs> now, why is that? Oh, that's weird. That's just really I don't know. Okay, so weigh in. Find us on Facebook. The ride home with Johnny Cat. Can I go back to Halloween? I mean, I was talking about Halloween Heck before yeah, you guys hijacked the whole thing. I'm excited to talk about my thing. costume. Our next guest is going to talk about that. Yeah. Well, he's not going to talk about this. No. Because I have brand, I have news. I have breaking news. Which is? You don't trust that it's breaking. Um. Hey, welcome. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Listen, there's a group. You're going to be glad I brought this up. There's a group called the Halloween and Costume Association, yeah. which has started a change.org petition to move Halloween from October 31st no. to wait don't judge to the last Saturday of October. What? Okay, so similar. What? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, oh, I, Andy. I like it. I really like it. I yeah. think it's a good move. I think it's a good move. Okay, so the idea is that there are a lot of injuries that are related to Halloween simply because people are coming home from work when kids are out trick or treating. What do you mean injuries? Well, like people get hit by cars. When they're trick or treating, oh, I see. Because it's a oh, week. So Saturday, because it's a weeknight. You make it a Saturday, you're good to go. Yes. Yeah. Andy Macy's just walking in. He has something to say right now about Cause, it. Cause you know why? Because he thinks I'm right. Well, you don't like this idea, John. No, it's, I think it's ridiculous. Why? I think it's a good idea. Wouldn't you rather have Halloween on a Saturday? I think it should be uh, Halloween is October 31st. Why must we now? You know, tradition isn't everything, John. It's not no, like it can never change. Andy, have you heard this? I think it should be Halloween every day. <laughs> I think that you can be whoever you want to be, whenever you oh, want to no, be. Oh, no, Andy, you're just making people angry oh, here. Oh, my gosh, not. You just upset half the listening audience. Mm-hmm. See that? Don't you think it's a good idea to trick-or-treat on a Saturday if you could versus, you know, like a Tuesday night at 630? That's no fun. Hey, Candy's good whenever you can get it. That's right. I, it is true. That's. I mean, that's okay. But now, no. Let's th- let's throw daylight savings time into the mix as well because we're doing that as well, right? We're we're changing that. Yeah. Well, we're changing daylight savings time. Well, no. There's been a talk, right? We've pushed it down the road a little bit, but now we're like saying let's get rid of it entirely. Now that Halloween's part of the mix as well. Now everything's confused. Can't we just have a standard? 
that things are set. We just stay that way. Well, I mean, I thought you were like looking to, you know, evolve and change with the times. Uh, I'd prefer not to. Just you, like to. You know, it was a guy named Langley at Allegheny Observatory yeah. uh, over 100 years ago who came up with standard time. Uh, they found that oh, trains no. were crashing all over the country because each uh, part of the country had their own <laughs> clocks and their own time. How do you know this? I'm, How do you I work at the Heinz History Center where we know – Everything. Andy right. Masick is right. a historian. Go back. Wait, no, wait, no, wait. Go back to Langley. I just had to express my my shock and awe. Yeah. Well, Langley uh, was a guy. He was a scientist. He was an astronomer, uh, and he was an inventor. He was uh, competing with the Wright brothers to build the first uh, heavier than air craft. But uh, one of his things was uh, to come up with a standard time that all clocks and all railroads especially could be coordinated with because there really wasn't a standard before then and people would set their grandfather's watch or their you know clock or whatever they uh, had and it was approximately correct but when it really? comes to railroads and switches of it's kind tracks, of important that it's exact. yeah you got to yeah. get it just right it's a precision. or you, you have head on collisions and things so he uh, came up with a plan for standardizing time and what? And he was the head of the Allegheny Observatory? Yeah, right here in Pittsburgh. Is this the Langley that the hall is named after on the University of Pittsburgh campus? Yes, and uh, Langley Air Force Base. Oh, that's gigantic, and, yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, it was probably that B-25 bomber in 1956, the ghost bomber yeah. in the Monongahela, the that, that was flying over Langley Air Force Base uh, on its way to Olmsted Air Force uh, Base in Harrisburg that crashed in the Monongahela River in 1956. Holy smokes. Okay. It's another mystery of the city of Pittsburgh. Andy, if someone wakes you up at 3 in the morning, just pokes you from deep sleep into awakeness, are you able to just do this? Probably so. Yeah. it's Actually, that's about when I wake up. <laughs> you have a little bit of a savant about you, I'm Andy. excited because we have a whole hour of this. Yeah. It's Andy Masick from the Heinz History Center in association with the Smithsonian <laughs> Institution. And John's knocking stuff over. What the heck? I know. He's, he's very excitable. <laughs> I am. Oh, especially when it comes to history. But Mid history is just the stories of people. WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New, new, new music. New music from Mercy Me. Best news ever. It's not good news. It's the best news ever. Forever on your side by Need to Breathe. And Survivor by Zach Williams. I'm a survivor. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code WORD to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. 
or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. Hey, if you've not yet been down at the Springhouse and had your fill of all the wonderful fun... You have one chance left. Holy smokes. Here's Marcia to talk to us about that. Marcia, how are things down at the Springhouse today? They're good. Can you believe this month is winding down already? No, I, like I can't it. believe it. <laughs> We've had so much fun. So many word listeners and people from all over the place have come on out to the farm and taken the pumpkin patch hay rides and <clears throat> picked their perfect pumpkin and gone down our big pumpkin pot or our big pipe slides and climbed the big hay bales and run through the corn mazes and we have a great meal every Saturday and Sunday. So the hay rides run eleven to five Saturday and Sundays. Great meals on Saturday, like family friendly kind of meals. And then every Sunday we've been having our hog roast and we roast um five quarters of hog and over our open pit outside, and mm. it's crispy, so tender inside, and real crispy from the charcoal cooking on the outside, and oh, it's just a fabulous meal, homemade applesauce and sausage stuffing and the homemade mashed potatoes and everything to go with it, so mm. it's, it's the last weekend. Come on out to the farm, enjoy all that good and stuff. And if people don't have their pumpkins yet, Marcia, I mean, they can get their pumpkin there, right? That's right. Our, our uh, field is still well-stocked, and Perfect. so we are good to have people come. Them. Perfect. Nice. John, do you have your pumpkin? Uh, I do not. Not See? yet. See? So you need to get out to the spring house this weekend. It's your last chance. All right. Get down to the spring house. Plus you can get your costume. It's Mark Helgerman of Trinity Jewelers. Like you, my family and I love uplifting music that honors and glorifies God. It's played a big part in our personal walk of faith. That's why I'm pleased to be a major sponsor of the music here on Word FM. Tune in for the best of today's Christian music, Saturdays from 12 to 10 and Sundays noon to 6. You can also register for our weekly Christian music CD giveaway. Just stop by our store on Mount Nebo Road during business hours. No purchase necessary. Hope to see you soon. Laurelville Camp and Retreat Center presents Fall. 600 glorious acres of turning leaves, quiet trails, and spectacular views of the Laurel Highlands. For 75 years, believers have come to Laurelville to refresh, renew, and recharge. To experience their signature hospitality. From single-family cabins to hotel-style lodging for groups up to 450. All in nearby Mount Pleasant, PA. And with Seven Springs just 30 minutes away, now's a great time to book that winter ski retreat. Experience fall and retreat your way at laurelville.org. Welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. Andy Masick is with us. Andy's the president, the CEO of the Heinz History Center. Andy, always a pleasure. It's good to be here. Wait, I'm sorry. (laughs) There we go. I'm falling down on the job. It is good to be here. Thank you. Well, you know, this is one of my favorite places to be because you guys are interested in are. everything. Yeah. Bring okay. it on, right? All right, so zombies. Okay, this is what's happening tonight. I mean, I, mean, I have never in my whole life ever seen any zombie anything. Really? Any movie, any TV show. I don't know. Are there live stage shows about zombies? I'm sure there if are. there are, I haven't seen them either. There, there are a lot of people who are really creeped out by zombies. And, you know, even George Romero, who's considered the father of the zombie genre, mm-hmm. never used the word zombie. What did he use? He actually used the word ghoul. And when he created Night of the Living Dead in 1968, it was actually released on October 1st, 1968, at the Fulton Theater downtown, now the Byam. And uh, George Romero made this movie for, you know, $100,000. 
and uh, he didn't know if anyone was going to relate to it. But he he knew about Haitian zombies. You know, they were they were kind of you know stoner, out of it people who, um, you know, were uh, maybe they came back from the dead. Nobody really knew, but. George Romero's zombies were real brain eaters. You know, they mm. would they would drag themselves around and moan. And, of course, they came out of a cemetery. They came right out of their graves. That's all different than the Haitian zombie yeah. tradition. And so he didn't want to call them zombies. He didn't use the Z word. Mm-hmm. He called them ghouls. Uh, but his movie, Night of the Living Dead, uh, made right here in Evans City, you know, in Butler County, uh, really changed the whole horror uh, industry and the zombie genre was born. Fabulous. So, George Romero, uh, sort of a hometown hero for a lot of people. At the History Center, you're doing an event tonight? Yeah, tonight we have a curator. Uh, a zombologist from uh, the Smithsonian Institution. What? No, wait a second. The Smithsonian hires someone who is schooled in Zombalia? Oh, yeah. He he is an expert in horror films. His name is Eric Gench. Uh, he's going to discuss uh, zombies and pop culture. It's actually going to be uh, Night of the Living Dead to The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. one of the most popular television right. programs uh, today. And they're going to have cast and crew members who worked with George Romero there uh, telling their stories. But Wiggle Whiskey is also going to be on hand with a special concoction <laughs> zombie themed cocktails will wow. be offered tonight at the history center what could go wrong and <laughs> wait to make it even better uh we have a D- douglas education center's special effects makeup program will be on hand to give everyone their own zombie bite or their own zombie uh mm. look so tickets are available at the door at the history center and that's at seven at o'clock seven o'clock okay so only like about an hour and a half from now be there or be dead. Will be, you be, be zombie? <laughs> I mean, be whatever you want to be. Right, right. Because so, every day could be ha- Halloween. It could be. Will you be attending? And uh, of course, I'll be of there. Of course, you will. I'll be, be dragging will myself and moaning. Will you get a, a zombie accoutrement somewhere? I, I'm going to have like a bite right on my cheek. That's or good. No, I like that. All right. I want now. I understand you have a George Romero connection, John. When I never I, knew this until today. Well, when I was in college, a good friend of mine, a guy who'll probably be there this evening, a guy named John Amplis, he's a, is an actor, and uh, John starred in a George Romero film called Martin, which was a really, really interesting take on, on uh, the, uh, the vampire story. Anyway, John was like, "Hey, man, uh, you know they're doing this film. Why don't you show up and you can, you know, see how filmmaking works?" Blah blah blah. So I showed up uh, at the mall. And at were, Monroeville Mall? Yeah, Monroeville Mall. And there were like a, a, a zillion other people. And they were like, you, you want to be a, a zombie? Sign this form. I think I got like five bucks. You know, it was sort of like the, the legalese thing. Mm-hmm. Then they put this gray pancake um, makeup on you. And someone on the film set was the zombie wrangler. Oh, yeah. And taught you the appropriate movements of how to walk or you know move i guess like right. a zombie i remember taking this class it lasted about right, so that's a zombie 15 minutes. What, wrangler not a zombologist which is no. different no it was okay a zombie I'm, glad for, wrangler. I'm glad to know the distinction okay and what was this film that you uh, were... it was called dawn of the dead oh which right. monroeville mall is famous the for dawn right. of the dead we actually have at the history center the bridge from the monroeville mall that was used in dawn of the dead what Oh, yeah. it was like a little uh, fishing or a little wishing well. Yeah, like a wishing well right, uh, bridge. Right, right. But if you have uh, 
artifacts from that era. If you have photographs of yourself, uh, if Please you have any yes. costuming, we would love to have them in the permanent collection of, nice. at the Heinz History Center. So if he, si- if he signed them, would they be worth more? Oh, yeah. Well, then they'd be worth a fortune. Mm. Sure, I sure, mean, sure, sure. just think of the eBay demand for uh, zombie uh, Bosco <laughs> chocolate syrup stained right. T-shirts because well, that's what they use for Well, blood. we can put a little stamp of the ride home on the side, right? Uh, just to like, bring it up like to current. That's this good. is weird. So this is cool. So George Romero, sort of the godfather of it all, we, we claim him here, Proud Days Are On. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a CMU grad. Uh, he was in the theater program then. He got his start on the Mr. Rogers show. Oh, that's of ironic. Course. I know. Can you imagine? Yeah. Zombies and Mr. Rogers. Something <laughs> does not compute there. Yeah, right. but, but that's where George Romero got his start in television. And then he took it from there and created a whole genre, uh, the zombie. Okay, so there were no... Like prior to George Romero, there was none of that? Well, there was some of it, right? But not like this. Yeah. The idea of flesh-eating zombies, eating brains, coming back from the dead, no, that's a that's a Romero thing. Now, of course, there was Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Now, you could probably teach the Frankenstein wranglers how to walk because, you know, they had that same kind of stiff sure, yeah. shuffle uh, and that kind of <laughs> that's zombie mm-hmm. for – I'm hungry and I want to eat your brains. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> very nice. You got idea. that? It's mm-hmm. very, it's a subtle thing. Uh, and you know that uh, isn't this Frankenstein Day? It today is. is yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. today. Aren't we happy to be celebrating it together? Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know who wrote uh, Frankenstein? Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley. Do you know how old she was? When Twenty-two. It- 24? She was 20 when it came out. She started writing wow. it when she was 18. A kid. She finished it when she was 20 in 1818, 200 years ago. That's wild. Yeah. So wow. today I saw the uh, Edison film, uh, the first uh, film of uh, Frankenstein. It's 15 minutes long, which is fascinating. It's silent? Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it scary? Not particularly. Okay. Well, that's just because you went through zombie wrangling Uh, school. It's not George Romero, I'll tell you that. What can scare you now? We'll take a quick break. Uh, Stick with us. Andy Masick is with us. He's the uh, the president, the CEO of the Heinz History Center. ...and cannot afford to pay them back? There's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-813-1105. 800-813-1105. That's 800-813-1105. With the new year in sight, the team at Calusi is in the midst of their year-end sales event. Hi, this is Tunch Ilkin from my friends at Calusi Chevrolet. This month, current GM leases can save over $11,300 on a 2018 Silverado all-star pickup when financed through GM Financial. Also, save big on remaining 2018 models such as Equinox, Trax, and Malibu. 
Calusi Chevrolet has been serving Pittsburgh since 1918. They're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. Laurelville Camp and Retreat Center presents Fall. 600 glorious acres of turning leaves, quiet trails, and spectacular views of the Laurel Highlands. For 75 years, believers have come to Laurelville to refresh, renew, and recharge. To experience their signature hospitality. From single-family cabins to hotel-style lodging for groups up to 450. All in nearby Mount Pleasant, PA. And with Seven Springs just 30 minutes away, now's a great time to book that winter ski retreat. Experience fall and retreat your way at laurelville.org. A couple of days ago, I drove up to Grove City College to visit my son, who's a junior there. I'm hanging out in the boys' uh, dorms, which is always interesting, as you might imagine. But uh, looking at the uh, posters of the activities of things that are coming around to Grove City on the wall, one of them is the the, uh, the Swing Dance Club presents the Blacklight Dance, where Neon Swing Dance with us. Right next to that is something called Kingdom Week, Grove City's Mission Conference with three keynote speakers and... Uh, missional organizations, all that. And it struck me, uh, I mean, you might not find that at a lot of different universities, would you? I think that's what sets Grove City apart, John, is that you don't, I mean, you could find Christian schools that are super serious and pretty legalistic about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So you're supposed to go there and learn and really not have a good time. (laughs) Right. And then there are other schools you can go to that it seems like you don't have to learn anything. You certainly don't have to take any ethics seriously or any personal morality. You can just do whatever you want yeah. and you know drink and sleep around and whatever Party and, and have a good time. But there has to be some happy medium there if we're hoping to to raise you know healthy adults, yeah. right? I mean, Who, it should be fun. It's college. It should be fun. It should be interesting right? and engaging, but also a lot of fun. Right, but it shouldn't be no holds barred. You know, there needs to be some awareness of your character and where you are in the world and what you're, you know, what you're becoming yes. as you're there on a college campus. So that's when I left Grove City at the end of the night. I was like, this boy is in a good mm-hmm. place. He is well planted in rich soil. Yeah. So if you're looking for a school that combines what I think are the best of both worlds, um, great scholarship, great theology, and adding on just a really fun atmosphere for people to grow and become adults, then consider Grove City College. Find more online, gcc.edu. We'll have rain much of the time for tonight, a low down to 41. It will be a chilly day for tomorrow with rain much of the time in the morning. That rain's going to taper off, though, in the afternoon. But highs only getting into the mid to upper 40s tomorrow, so not much improvement in the temperature department. Dropping to near 40 tomorrow night with clouds at a shower or two. And then for Sunday, remaining cloudy and chilly with a couple of showers and a high of 49. I'm Acu with the Meteorologist Brian Thompson on 101.5 Word FM. <laughs> Hey, welcome back. Andy Masick is with us, the president, the CEO of the Heinz History Center. Listen, if you've not been there, truly one of the jewels. Well, a lot of people, as I understand it, have been there in the last two weeks. Excellent. Because over 15,000 people have stopped by to see the latest. Yeah, Destination Moon, the Apollo 11 story, which is great because it came out at the same time First Man came out Mm -hmm. with Ryan Gosling. Yes. But when you get to the exhibit, you see a film from 1902. Think about that. 1902, that's like the first year of real filmmaking and a French filmmaker by the name of Georges Méliès uh, was inspired by Jules Verne's 
from mm-hmm. the Earth to the Moon, Journey from the Earth to the Moon, uh, Le Voyage dans la Lune, uh, for you French speakers. See, now you're just showing yeah. off. <laughs> so uh, this, this film is terrific because it it's is. inspired by, uh, well, Pittsburgh is in it because in 1864, Pittsburgh uh, Thomas Jackson Rodman, the head of Allegheny Arsenal, invents a process for casting gigantic cannons. And he proved to the world that you could actually cast a cannon of any caliber, of any dimension. And Jules Verne read about this and said, well, if we can cast any size cannon now, why don't we cast one that can shoot a projectile to the moon? And so he, in his novel, uh, invents the story of this gigantic cannon being cast, gun cotton being used uh, instead of black powder, gun cotton, uh, um, Alfred Nobel, Nobel Prize, mm-hmm. yes. invi- invents dynamite, uh, nitroglycerin. And so they use this new propellant with the Rodman cannon True. and shoot a, an aluminum projectile uh, that's hollow to the moon. And there are astronauts aboard, three of them. Uh, they make it to the moon. They uh, they kill moon men. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they just terrorize the moon and then did, did they leave a flag is my question they no flag no flag and uh, when they have to come back to earth they take their capsule to the edge of the moon and then tilt it over the edge and it falls back to earth <laughs> and splashes down in the pacific ocean well, that was gravity means everything get uh, out so but the film is amazing it you, is amazing each frame was hand colored uh and the animation techniques that were used in it uh, we were talking earlier about uh, what does it look like when this projectile hits the moon well, the moon, the man in the moon is there. The projectile hits him right in the eye and Limburger cheese kind of oozes out of the wound. Cause, Cause they, that's what we've all known yeah, all this time. We knew that the moon was made of cheese all along. Wallace and Gromit proved it, I know. Yes. Okay. So with that, the, the, the new exhibition, which is fabulous at the centerpiece of it all is the Apollo 11 command module, the first vehicle, right? As part of the moon landing. That's right. We have the actual, uh, capsule that brought Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins to the moon and all their moon flown stuff, mm. their their helmets and gauntlets and uh, the um, the moon rocks and the box that they went in. And and you mentioned the flag on the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that's a little controversial with yeah. the, the movie be, that just right. came out. Uh, there was actually a lot of controversy in 1968 about should we put a, a flag on the moon or is that, you know, too nationalistic uh and then they talked well should we put a united nations flag on the moon no it's really an we american don't really, we don't really trust them anyway the yeah. americans did it yeah the americans did so you know what it's okay for us to put a flag on the moon we're not claiming the moon we're just claiming Here that first. we got there right and that's pretty big that's and cool. so a guy named jack kinsler from pittsburgh uh invents this telescoping aluminum pole and a flag that stands out all by itself it's got a little arm on the flagpole that makes the flag look like it's flying in the wind but there's no wind on the moon which now that unto itself has controversy around it right because oh. those people who believe that we did not land on the moon go well look there's wind on the moon well don't tell Buzz Aldrin that people 
I think, yeah, because he's decked a guy once. Uh, uh, he is. A, he has shown himself to be a loose cannon more than once. Yeah, right. Buzz was, was with us twice on the air. Mm-hmm. He's got a fascinating story to tell. Now, we talked about this a little earlier, Andy, I think off the air, that uh, communion – Holy Communion was the first act on the moon, so to speak. Yeah. And that's what Buzz did with his Episcopalian priest with a blessing. Yeah. Each of the astronauts was allowed to bring a, a PPK, a personal preference kit. And in Buzz Aldrin's was a communion uh, set. It was very important to him. And uh, left on the moon was a plaque, too, that uh, says, Here, men from the earth came in peace. Uh, and it, it doesn't say guys from the United States uh, mm. got here first. It says uh, men from the earth uh, landed and came in peace. So I, it's that's very magnanimous. It really is. I, I think it's a terrific story, and it's time for our country to kind of pull back together. And mm-hmm. when you watch John F. Kennedy's speech, oh, man. I mean, it is so inspiring to see the president of the United States saying, "We're going to put a man on the moon." And uh, by the end of the decade, and bring him safely home. And you know, it ended up taking 400,000 Americans to do it, all pulling uh, together. And Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh region was a big part of that. They surely were in every which way, right? The blood, sweat, and tears, the manufacturing, the muscle, the brain power, mm-hmm. all that. Pittsburgh should be proud. So the, the exhibition runs how long? Uh, the exhibition will be here till February 18th. It's a great uh, thing to see during the Thanksgiving holidays or around Christmas time mm-hmm. when families are all together. You got to get those kids out of the oh, house. Yeah, you got to run them. Sure. Get them so, away from the phones. Yeah, bring them to the History Center. Outstanding. Take a quick break. Come back. Andy Macy is going to stay with us. It's the ride home with John and Kathy. We'll be back in just a few. WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music. New music from Mercy Me. Best news ever. It's the best news ever. Forever on your side by Need to Breathe. And Survivor by Zach Williams. I'm a survivor. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. 
Hurry into Lowe's today for savings on everything you need to get started on fall projects, like overseeding and feeding your lawn. You'll find the lawn care products right for your area in stock at Lowe's, plus the know-how to help if you have any questions, like what to do now and what to do next. Plus, find savings to perk up your curb appeal with new mulch and fall plants. Whatever's on your to-do list, start now and save on what you need. All projects have a starting point. Start with Lowe's. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. My daughter was really sensitive. She took everything personally. She had a lot of trouble in school. He had some impulsivity issues that I was concerned about. He was having a lot of meltdowns, a lot of tantrums. What Brain Balance did was give us a very distinct game plan. This is what he has. We're going to get from point A to point B, and this is how we're going to do it. We started seeing huge differences in her behavior. His focus in class and how he retains the information that the teacher is talking about is just remarkable. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. There is our life before Brain Balance, and there's our life after Brain Balance, and the two don't even resemble each other. It's a totally different Life. Attend Brain Balance Center's Parent Discovery Night Thursday, November 1st from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Tour the center, meet their caring staff, and learn firsthand from enrolled parents about the brain balance difference. Call to reserve your seat today at 724-443-6287 or visit brainbalance.com for more information. Jimmy Sapienza. Oh, I even love the pigeons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's someone nice. who really loves Pittsburgh. We're talking to Andy Masick. He is the president and CEO of the Heinz History Center and associated in association with the Smithsonian Institution. And we're talking about all sorts of scary stuff. Yeah, for Halloween, we talked first about uh, George Romero, when Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead. Jules then we, Verne. Then we moved on to the new exhibition at the Heinz History Center. And uh, and if was, you missed any of those things, find our podcast. It's always available at com. Yes. Now, Andy, uh, during the break, we were talking about um, the arsenal. Oh, yeah, Allegheny Arsenal. That was in Lawrenceville. That was actually in... September 17th, 1862. I know. 1862. Yeah. I cannot believe you know that day, but. Well, I, I know it because it's the, the deadliest day in American history. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, over 5,000 Americans <gasps> died that day because it happens to be also the date of the Battle of Antietam. Oh. And, uh, more people died there than D-Day 9/11. or 9-11 or any other tragic event you can think in of. In Antietam. Uh, at Antietam. But. 78 women and girls died here in Pittsburgh that very day. 
the very time that battle was raging, 100 miles to the north here in Pittsburgh at Allegheny Arsenal at 40th Street in Butler, uh, there were there were hundreds of women war workers during the Civil War. The women were more reliable than the men and boys who had been hired previously. Uh, and in order to roll cartridges for the Union Army, uh, the these muzzle-loading muskets required a paper tube, like brown paper, like paper bag material, okay. yeah. that was pinched off uh, with thread, tied off with thread, uh, a mini ball or a musket, lead musket ball was dropped in. Then uh, gunpowder was measured out, black powder, poured into this tube. Then the tube was tied off uh, and folded at the end and then packed into packets of 10. I see. Well, women and girls, and, and I mean girls age 10 to 16 years old, were employed. Were, were employed. Uh, the, they had found just weeks before that the boys whom ha- had been employed earlier – were not trustworthy. Uh, they were goofing off on the job. They were bringing matches and smoking materials to work. And in an arsenal with loose gunpowder around, you don't want that oh stuff goodness. around. No, Andy, so an arsenal essentially is a, a factory of bullets, bombs, whatnot, instruments of war. That's right. It's, it's where they're made and stored. And so uh, tens of thousands of rounds uh, a day were turned out at the Allegheny Arsenal. And these women and girls were were making them. Well, one day, September 17th, 1862, a wagon full of gunpowder barrels pulled up to the ammunition laboratories where the women were uh, working. And the wagon bumped over cobbled streets, iron tires on the mm-hmm. uh, the wagons, uh, pulled by horses with iron-shod uh, shoes. And somehow, a spark-ignited spilled gunpowder that had collected in the cracks between the stones on the cartway and flashed to open gun barrels on the porch of the uh, laboratory where the women and girls were working. One barrel exploded. One whole laboratory went up. Then oh flames shot over to another one, a second one. Then a third one exploded. Oh. And there were literally body parts raining down on Pittsburgh. The the uh, windows were blown out for blocks around as these horrific explosions rocked the city. It was a terrible day. 78 women and girls uh, killed uh, another 139 or so uh, terribly uh, wounded or burned. Uh, and there were investigations. What caused mm-hmm. this tragedy? At first, they looked uh, at Confederates. Uh, rebel saboteurs may have been responsible. Uh, but that was uh, ruled out. Then they looked at the girls' dresses. They were wearing hoop skirts to work. I mean, it's hard to believe that uh, they were so fashion conscious then that they, they would have worn steel spring uh, hoops uh, with silk or cotton or wool dresses over them. And so people speculated, could the um, rubbing of the wool or silk uh, and Have the created a spark. Seal, yeah, static electrical charge that ignited the gunpowder. Um, then they looked at the horses and wagons, and they they thought, well, if the horse with an iron shoe had 
pod, a, a flinty cobble. It could easily spark and ignite spilled gunpowder. They found that the powder barrels from DuPont Powder Works uh, were being reused. They were supposed to be made fresh, new with every load, but they were sending the barrels back because of the wartime uh, emergency. They were refilling old slack barrels that allowed powder to spill mm-hmm. out through the cracks. So that may have been what accumulated the powder. I see. It could have been the iron tires on the wagon wheels themselves that uh, would have sparked. But they never came up with a definitive c- conclusion, even though the coroner investigated and the army investigated. So this was obviously well before the standards of OSHA. But I'm sure since that explosion, there had to be safety measures put in place. Was the arsenal ever rebuilt? They rebuilt it within weeks. It was phenomenal because of the the middle of the Mm -hmm. Civil War and and the greatest battle of the war uh, practically had just happened. And so they rebuilt very quickly. They employed new women and girls. Uh, Now they they did uh, take off their shoes and they shuffled around in kind of slippers to uh, avoid any kind of static uh, charges. Imagine how scared you'd be to work there. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it was you could earn 50 cents a day uh, and bring that money home to your parents or to your uh, families. And, you know, that was survival. And I'm sure for many women, what was available as far as a job for them? Not much. Right. Fascinating. So that day in history, 78 women and young girls killed uh, down in Lawrenceville at the arsenal. And and that tradition continued to World War II with Rosie the Riveter. Right, sure. You know, 50,000 women Mm -hmm. uh, go to work uh, here in Pennsylvania. Support the war effort. Give their best. The men are all in uniform. They're off at uh, war. And so the women roll up their sleeves, pitch in, and say, we can do it. So the same thing was really happening during the Civil War. But the safety standards weren't there. So – Arsenal School. It's a is it a high school now? Middle right? school. It's a middle, middle school. school. Arsenal Middle School is exactly where the Allegheny Arsenal was, and in fact, in that playing field there, where Johnny Unitas played mm-hmm. as a young man, uh, they still find mini balls uh, in the turf uh, on the playing field. Fascinating. Andy Masick is with us, the president, the CEO of the Heinz History Center. We'll take a, a quick break. Let's come back because Andy's always got great stories. Hamilton was adopted from a rescue in 2008. He really likes to be around people. I get out my mat and I'm doing a downward dog and he's underneath. He's quite the pug about town. He gets invited to a lot of parties. He knows he's a pretty big deal. Look at this little face. I do not love him. Hamilton the pug, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. You're invited to the member appreciation event happening this weekend at your Washington Sam's Club. It all starts this Friday. Join at your Washington Sam's Club October 26th through the 28th and get over $140 in instant savings, plus a $10 gift card. See club for details. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a theologian. I'm a Christian. Introducing a new show for those struggling with addiction. And I sit here today with 23 years of recovery because of God's grace, support team, and the 12 steps to recovery found in God's Bible. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions and find hope to begin again. You too will have a new way of life. Sunday night at 645 on WORD. 
Hey, welcome back. Andy Masick's talking to us about a lot of different things in and around the city of Pittsburgh. Let's turn our attention, Kath, to your family. I think we should. I mean, not to my family exclusively, but the the only reason I exist is because of the H.J. Heinz Company. I mean, I've shared before on the air that my my parents met at H.J. Heinz down in the North Side uh, factory. My mother's boss was also my father's boss, mm. mm-hmm. Mr. Tiernan. We can thank him for bringing the two together and then for my subsequent life. But just today, we were, we were eating lunch, my parents and I, and also my aunt and uncle, who also met at the H.J. Heinz factory what? in the North Side. Okay. Um, we were sitting there, and my mother, who was getting ready to eat her French fries at Rico's in the North Hills, said, hey, would you do that trick you do with the ketchup? Because early on in my life, when I was down there visiting my dad, someone brought in a glass bottle of ketchup and said, do you know how to, you know, when, when it's stuck, do you know how to get the ketchup out? And I said, no. I mean, I was really small. Okay. And they said, well, this is how you do it. So there's a technique how to do this? There's a technique. Andy? Well, maybe you ought to tell us. You'd want me to uh, tell well, you? I mean, I maybe th- our techniques aren't the same. What about if there are two techniques? Whoa. Okay, should I should I tell you yeah, my technique? Yeah, I want to hear yours okay. first. So my technique is, of course, you take the cap off. Okay, yeah, sure. and that, it, that's a great start. Yeah, <laughs> you really want to get the cap catch off. So, listen, if you're going to start something, you start at the beginning. Anyway, and then you you, you make a little circle out of your out of your left hand, mm-hmm. and you you put the bottle in it. Yeah, and then you push the bottle into your hand, so you're creating resistance. Oh. so you're keeping the bottle back while you're allowing the ketchup to to for for gravity to kind of. Shoot it forward. Now, see, I've never heard that, but I, I I know a different technique. Well, now that's the inertia method, right? That's the inertia yeah, method, yeah. exactly. Now we we have ketchupologists at the uh, history center in our <laughs> I kitchen would, classroom. I would expect no yeah. less. Are those are the and same zombie guys. No, they're different totally than different. zombie wranglers or, or zombologists. 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 No, these are ketchupologists, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, because you know the, the recipe for ketchup varies with each continent. Uh, right, yeah, because it depends on what the taste right, of the, the culture is. Of right, the the people, and so it could be sweeter on one continent or spicier sure, on another. Sure. Uh, but our ketchupologists know things like that, and they know that you could use the inertia method mm-hmm. uh, of you know whacking the back of the bottle and mm-hmm. shocking uh, the ketchup the, to go forward. Right, mm-hmm. but the way uh, Heinz believes you should do it. Is uh, you know there's that little fifty seven embossed yeah, yeah. on the near the neck right. of the bottle. It's kind of where it taper starts to taper down, and if you hold the bottle at a forty five degree angle and just tap gently uh, but repeatedly on, the on 50. that fifty seven, it will start to flow. And because if you hold it uh, at too great an angle mm-hmm. and just whack it, it, it actually creates the a seal, s- right? Yeah, and then you can't get and, anything and so out of there. You need air to get in the neck, which of the is bottle. usually provided by a French fry. Just in my experience, <laughs> you, you, there's the French fry method. There's the knife the method. Knife, but the knife method makes a mess. I gotta oh, yeah. tell you, no, it's horrible. Uh, if if George Romero knew about ketchup in those days, he probably would have uh, used it for zombie blood. Right. He, he had to end up using Bosco chocolate syrup. That's what uh, they used. Bosco. In, yeah. Is that right? But let me tell you about H. Day Hines. Yeah. You know, he was a young man. He uh, During the Civil War, he was pushing a wheelbarrow around with his mother's horseradish sauce in it and pickles, and he would sell it door to door. He said, Mom, people love this stuff. What else you got? And so he started adding products to his uh, his wheelbarrow. By 1869, he started his own business. It was actually called Heinz and Noble in those days. Uh, he still didn't have ketchup on the menu, 
but by 1876, when the United States was 100 years old, they had a big centennial exposition in Philadelphia, and Heinz came out with tomato ketchup. And, well, the rest is history. But but you know that his ketchup was different than anybody else's. Uh, other people uh, made ketchup, put it in glass, green glass or brown glass. He put it in clear glass so people could see the product because he believed that the key to success was to do a common thing uncommonly well. Mm-hmm. And he had 57 products. He actually had more than 57 products, uh, but uh, he liked the look of that number 57. Very so he nice. branded all of his products of with 57. How about that? See, I never knew that. Oh, that's really Stick good. with me, Kathy. I know. I can't believe nice. there's something about the H. Hans Company. I don't know. Excellent. Now, that's a shame now because this – this um, way of uh, having the ketchup get out of the bottle, all that's now been superseded because of the plastic squeeze bottle. I don't like that at all. Neither do I. I like the old school yeah. pound on the Me back too. of the bottle. Right. And you could wash out and reuse that bottle. Sure you could. Yeah. Sure they still sell them, right? But you pay a little more price for them, I think. Yeah, you can still buy them. Yeah. For sure. And that 57, that number, is exactly in the same font that H.J. Hines always wanted it in. Very nice. Andy, it's always a pleasure. You come here. You school us on the city of Pittsburgh. Just we always fabulous. It. Thanks so much. Thanks. I'll see you at the History Center. Yeah, we're going to come and visit you shortly. Yeah, we're going to go see. First Man next Thursday night uh, is the, um, what's the author? Jim Hansen, Thank the you. author of The First Man and the co-producer of the Ryan Gosling movie, is going to be at the History Center on November 1st. And uh, it's a great talk. I really think you ought to hear it. All right. We'll be there. Fabulous. Hey, uh, any part of the show you may have missed, check it out online at wordfm.com. Also, our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, and our webpage, johnandkathyshow.com. There's no reason uh, not to intersect unless it's just plain blowing off. Have a great weekend. God willing, we'll see you next weekend. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.